may not look like much. She's got it where it counts, kid. This is the Millennial Falcon. I'm John. And I'm Josh. Uh, I totally just stole the order. I just swept in and just took it away from you. I did hesitate too much. That's why I was like, are you going to say it? No? Okay. Uh, I guess we're switching it up. That's all right. We're switching it up. Doing things a little differently. Oh, man. Uh, How you doing, John? Oh, I'm doing all right. How about you? I am tired. Yeah? Always. I'm always tired. Um... But today, we're not talking about tiredness. No. What are we talking about, John? Talking about our kitchens. Wow. Really? Yes. No, we're not. We're talking about Star Wars, Clone Wars, Season 1, Episodes 2, 3, and 4. What I would call... That's right. What I would call the Malevolence Trilogy. Yeah. The Malevolence Trilogy is a great name for this. Um... Yeah, so Rising Malevolence. Is it Malevolence? Is that Am I pronouncing that right? Yes. Uh, rising Malevolence, Shadow of Malevolence, and Destroy Malevolence. Um, yeah, so three-part series here. Th- a three-part episode. Uh, well, three Clone Wars episode, episode. Yeah. Episode, episode, episode. One Millennial Falcon episode. Yeah. It's a three for... Three episodes in one. Okay. We digress. Yeah. Should we just get right into it? We already are, it sounds like. All right. Take us away, Tom. The clone Starfleet is under siege. Dozens of Republic warships have been destroyed in merciless surprise attacks that leave no survivors. Rumors spread of a terrible new Separatist weapon. In the face of growing fear, the Jedi Council sends Master Plo Koon to hunt down the menace before it strikes again. Thanks, Tom. Wow. Wonderful, as always. Friend of the show, Tom Kane, everyone. Okay. So, uh, as Tom stated, let me give you uh, the little bit of an official description that kind of just summarizes this whole episode up. Creating pan... Uh, I almost said pandemic. Creating panic throughout the galaxy. A devastating separatist mystery weapon terrorizes the clone Starfleet. Anakin and Ahsoka race to save Jedi Master Plo Kloon and his clone troopers in time. Jedi Master Jedi Master Plo Kloon and his squad barely survive an attack from a mysterious Separatist warship called the Malevolence. Can they stay alive long enough for Anakin and Ahsoka to find them? Find out right now. <laughs> Josh, that was a little monotone for me. Oh, was it a bit too really, monotone? I would have really liked you to uh, show more feel. <laughs> was it not enthusiastic no, enough for you? No, I feel like you need to add more oomph to it. John's uh, butt hurt because <laughs> I, I, I told him that he's a bit too monotone in his uh, description reading. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was welcomed. I agree with you. I just have to. I just have to be emotional about it. Uh, so this episode is very, very like simple i mean each one of these are fairly straightforward in and of themselves but overall this trilogy is fantastic i really liked it yeah it's really enjoyable um there's definitely some elements that we'll get into that i was not a fan of um but overall this is great 
Um, but in this episode, we get a uh, a general Grievous introduction because we haven't seen him yet in the animated Clone Wars. Not yet, in the we? animated, but he was in in Attack of the Clones, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. he was in Attack of the Clones. Um, like very famously, he was in Attack of the Clones. That's where we get to kind of see him the most, and that's where all the quotes and stuff that the prequel memers love is a lot of them are from General Grievous and stuff. Um, General Grievous and Obi Wan. Yeah, so General Grievous is introduced here. So this is his first animated Clone Wars episode. Yeah, and it sounded like the exact same voice, too. Oh, I wonder if it is. Matthew Wood is the voice actor uh, for this. I wonder if he played... He is. He's the same as the movies. I knew it. Okay, that's interesting. He sounds so similar. Matthew Wood. I do not recognize this guy at all. But, like, it just kind of says he's known for doing General Grievous. Um that's cool. I love it when they do the same voice actors in the movies as they do in the shows and it's stuff. So, that's always great. It's so great for continuity, too. Yeah. It feels like you already know the character. Yeah, it doesn't happen too often, but that's cool that they did it with this one. Um, but yeah, I uh, get to introduce General Grievous. What do you think about this episode? I had one thought, and this is going to keep coming up mm-hmm. for the other episodes as well. The Ion Cannon. It's cool, but it's. it would be so easy to just like, oh, they fired an ion pulse, whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it. How about I just veer away from it? Why did nobody just like get out of its way? Well, it's coming pretty fast. I mean... I felt, it looked like it was pretty slow. Or maybe it was just because it was so big. Like... But it's a pretty big energy field. Well, in in the in this episode, they're hitting the Republic warships, right? There's like three Republic warships and stuff. The energy blast comes out. I don't think those warships are capable of maneuvering that fast. Okay, stuff, so maybe that so would work as well for the small ships. As we're gonna spoiler alert, as we're gonna yeah, see later. Spoiler alert for another episode that we're gonna talk about. But um, but yeah, I feel like the smaller ships, like the the fighters and stuff, those ones theoretically could outrun it maybe if they're far enough away um but yeah i feel like for the giant ships like the the warships i don't think they could i think they're too big yeah yeah interesting um a comment about this one so so basically uh once general grievous goes and blasts his ion cannon which basically is a giant like uh, EMP blast essentially and it electrifies all the ships and basically they lose power. That's what's going on here. And Grievous has been taking this malevolence ship to all sorts of different parts and just it's been this like mysterious weapon that's just been taking out ships here and there and anytime they hear about um, like or basically there's just like uh, squadrons of ships just disappearing and stuff and they they fairly certain that the separatists are behind it kind of a deal. And uh, but in this instance, after Grievous destroys all the ships, uh, they just start blasting away at them and stuff. They they blow them up to a million pieces. And uh, Master Jedi Plo Kloon, Plo Koon, Plo Koon, sorry, is uh, on one of the battleships with uh, the clones, and they basically escape through some escape pods. But the escape pods don't have power either. They kind of just blast out of the ship. I don't even know how they really got those out without power. I think they got hit. I think they ejected right before they got hit by the pulse. Yeah, I, I was wondering if it's like a mechanical. Least that's what I thought. I thought they thing. got. Hit, I thought they escaped right after they got hit by the pulse. Or maybe they did. I don't know why I can't remember that detail. But either way, 
they're just floating around now. So there's like yep. all the clones are just floating around in uh, pods. And Dooku's like, okay, we can't have any witnesses to this. We don't want the Republic finding out about this weapon that we have because nobody knows what this is and what it's capable of. All they're just seeing is all these wreckages of ships. Doesn't that sound familiar? There's a new Separatist weapon that's very, very strong and able to take out whole squadrons right away. There's a, a big weapon that the Separatists have. Interesting. What could that allude to in the future? What do you think? Oh, a little something called the Death Star. You think so? I just found a little bit of similarities, and I even yeah. like looking through uh, the Wikipedia, which mm-hmm. is a great resource, by the way. Shout out. Yeah. Um, it's, it notes that there are some similarities to this and the Death yeah, Star. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Honestly, it's kind of a Star Wars, like, repeated thing where the it, whether it's the Empire or the Separatists or whatever, the First Order... They all they all end up always having these massive, like unrealistically massive ships with these huge, stupid weapons and stuff. Happens so many times. <laughs> and they it's Wars. always bigger, always better. It's like I don't know because this ship. I don't even think we said this. This thing is friggin' huge. Oh, it's it's gigantic. It's like I I, I don't even know how you compare it. What is it like? Probably like three warship. Sizes altogether, yeah. maybe or more Isn't than that. Isn't it the even? size of? I was gonna say it's the size of at least two or three, um, Republic, Republic warships. warships. I would say definitely three. I mean, there's probably a number we could look up here, but it feel it feels freaking massive. Well, even like, the shots you see of, of it beside the warships, like it's mm-hmm. it's stupid oh, massive. Yeah. It's it's incredibly massive, big boy. Um, but one of the main thing that this episode's all about is basically, uh, Dooku doesn't want the survivors, and so he sends out. Um, basically this patrol of droids to kind of look around and take out the clones and basically break open the escape pods and just let everybody die. He doesn't want any witnesses. And so Anakin and Ahsoka, wow, how did I just blank on her name? Uh, Anakin and Ahsoka basically go against uh, the Jedi Council's orders and stuff and investigate because the Jedi Council is like, we don't want to lose any more people and stuff. We need to like regroup and things like that. And they're like, okay, uh, no, we're going to be rebels and basically go yeah. investigate. I just want to talk about that a little bit real quick. If yeah, we can. go for it. Because this was really cool. I like this really cool like, character development moment between Ahsoka and Anakin. Because you see Ahsoka is like kind of upset about the decision and not rescue mm-hmm. her old. Like she, this yes. is somebody that she knew. He, It sounded like he helped like teach her. Or train uh, she her? mentions that he is the one that brought her yes. to the Jedi Temple, like to begin with when she was like a little That's kid. That's what it was. Yes, thank you. Um, so she wants to go save him, mm-hmm. and then Anakin is a little bit annoyed because she kind of like speaks out of turn at a Jedi Council meeting, mm-hmm. and then he kind of gives her a bit of a reprimand lecture. Yeah, and then just turns right around and is like, "Oh, we're just doing our own thing, anyways." Yeah. But you don't speak out of turn at a Jedi Council meeting, mm-hmm. like. You do do what you believe, but come on, yeah. Like know your know know how to do it. Know your place. Like it's, break the rules, but break them smart, wisely. Yeah, it's like we're gonna rebel, but you gotta do it the right way. Yeah, <laughs> kind of I like thing. that because it really it shows you, like it just it's it. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, if this isn't happening already, what is Ahsoka gonna be like? Mm. I've never seen a lot of Ahsoka, yeah. so I'm excited. I love hearing your perspective on this because like, it, it's really difficult sometimes because I'm so familiar with all this. I totally, like, brush past that we haven't really had too many examples of their relationship yet at this point. Where in my head, 
I know their relationship super well. And so this is nothing new to me. Because in my head, I'm like, oh, there's not a ton of character development in this episode. But now that you talk about all that, I'm like, oh, I guess we haven't had that. We haven't had too many examples of that established yet. Like, we have had a few. But I guess it's just continuing to cement that rebellious relationship that they both have. And then that even comes up later when Anakin is, like, about to leave. Like, right before they find Master Plo Koon and the, dro- mm-hmm. and the clones. He's right about to leave, and Ahsoka's like, nope, I can, I sense he's here, and she just, like, yeah. guns the ship forward. Mm-hmm. I actually have a comment about that. Like, uh, it's interesting that, like, Anakin hears uh, a message from Kenobi basically saying, hey, Anakin, what are you doing out here? You guys should really come back and stuff like that. And, you know, Anakin presses forward even against uh, Obi-Wan's suggestions and stuff, and they still are looking around for survivors. And then Palpatine comes and is like, hey, Anakin, you're the the Jedi Council is upset. What are you doing out here? Like, you can't be doing this. And he's like, oh, okay. And he's like, yep, let's give up. Let's go around. He's such a – he's been so, like, drawn in and, like, I whipped didn't by even, Palpatine. <laughs> I didn't even catch that. That was That's a good catch. Yeah, it's just I like – I totally this, get that. This really just, like, enforces that – that the, hold the grip that, that Palpatine has. has on his mind and stuff. He's just so manipulative and stuff. And he's kind of like fostered this relationship with him like a father almost. And, and stuff. Palpatine and like, I find hey, really cool. I find Palpatine really cool because he like, yeah. he's so subtly playing both sides. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and if you're not really like yeah. really paying attention, you almost wouldn't see it if you're just. Yeah. Like, I mean, he tricked, he tricked Yoda and Mace Windu and all that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. For real. Palpatine, I think, is one of the most, like, interesting characters in Star Wars. Like, it just, like, what he does and how he pulls it off and everything, it's mm-hmm. just so impressive and so, like, interesting. He's also one of the only characters that's through all of Star Wars. Yeah. Um, so, very interesting. Comment about the droids that are breaking out the clones <laughs> from the escape pods. This is season one of Clone Wars. And right off the bat, there's this moment that I feel like is really brutal for little kids. Like, I mean, I don't know if it's like how little the audience is. Maybe it is more teenagers that are kind of the ones that they're targeting with the show. But seeing clones just get blasted into space and like die like that, just like being killed by the vacuum of space <laughs> seems kind of brutal. <laughs> I didn't it it does when you say it like that. I didn't yeah. notice it cuz it it wasn't like a gory violent death. It was just like no. oh you float out and Yeah, done. and the droids make a com- make it comedic, right? Cuz they're yeah. making all these little comments to each other and stuff as they're doing it and it's to them it's just like, "Oh, la di da, just another day on the job busting open some pods." kind of thing. Like they, it's just kind of they make it into like a comedic moment almost. But then all of a sudden, they're just like screaming in terror, these clones, as they're flying into space and stuff. And it doesn't like zoom in on any one of them dying, which is good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think that they did that. But I just thought like just the concept of it. And maybe I'm just more aware and stuff because they definitely don't like press in and zoom into the moment exactly. But it's definitely happening right in front of you. Yeah. Um, I just thought that was like, oh, boy, this is uh, like these guys are just Mm -hmm. dying right here. Interesting. I think we, I think in this one we we are both catching things the other person hasn't so far. Hmm. One of the other comments about um, when Anakin and Ahsoka are, or rather, when Ahsoka senses Master Plo, 
And so, because that's basically how they end up finding him. Because they're looking all over the place, they're not finding him. And then Ahsoka uses the Force to basically sense the presence of Master Plo. And it almost looks like they're implying that Master Plo is almost like meditating to like send out his like force connection or whatever to be picked up Mm -hmm. is almost kind of what it feels like. Um, And because they have this connection, they're able to see each other. But I almost wonder like Anakin is supposed to be one of the most force sensitive Jedi to exist. Like he's supposed to be like really top tier force user and stuff. Like he, when he becomes Darth Vader and stuff, he does stuff with the force that almost nobody else has ever done. And things like that. Like, he's incredibly powerful with the Force. You feel like Anakin would have also sensed Master Plo at the same time. It's just a comment. But, like, I realize Ahsoka has that connection with Master Plo, which would make her more aware, I guess, of his presence. But I wonder, too, if it's um, Palpatine telling him he has to go. That's kind of like yeah, pulling him away. Yeah, he's just not paying attention. And also, maybe he just forgot to turn on his Force Bluetooth. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Could be as simple as that. Uh, you know, that is a good comment about him. He's probably just too distracted based on what Palpatine just told him. I like my forest Bluetooth idea also. <laughs> I'll stick with that. Uh, any other comments about this episode? Um. Yeah, there was a quote that I kind of want to give some, some, some discussion time on. Um, I've mentioned it a few times that I have a little bit of hesitation with the clones I like them, but I'm like, oh, I don't know about this. Like, mm-hmm. it just seems like a weird scenario to be breeding soldiers for your war. <laughs> yeah, and then, it is. <laughs> and then one of the clones says something in this episode that just like, oh, man, this ex- describes exactly what I'm feeling about this. Hmm. He says, we're just like when uh, Plo Koon's like, somebody will come and find us. And they're like, mm-hmm. no, it's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah. And one of the clones says, we're just clones, sir. We're meant to be expendable. Yeah. And I was like, how how would you how would that feel like just knowing mm-hmm. you're just bred to fight in a war? Yep. Yep. There's some seasons but that really at, press into that. At the same time, like you see Obi-Wan and Anakin and like others interacting with them, like Rex and Cody, like they mm-hmm. they don't just treat them as like slaves. They're like these are actually yeah, like, your, like people. your fellow soldiers and yeah. and the clones they all have this brotherhood together. But I'm like, mm-hmm. man, how we how off is that to like you're born and bred as a mm-hmm. clone and you just know your only future is to be a yeah. clone trooper you just fuel for war yeah that's that's what you and are. like even if you die it's almost none doesn't even matter to a sense because yeah another one will just take your place yeah it is interesting like point though that like thankfully the jedi who are the ones like leading most of these clones like most all of the clones report to some one of the Jedi. Like, there's so many Jedi that are just generals and stuff in this army. And things like some of them do report to just other clones or, or different, you know, military leaders and stuff like that. But for the most part, they have a lot of interaction with Jedi. And all of the Jedi have been fantastic at treating them like real people and stuff. Like, you're not just clones. You guys are just as important as any other living being. Even Yoda in last week, like we talked about last week's episode, Yoda's mm-hmm. like, you guys carry the force with yeah. you as well kind yeah. of thing and, and in this episode master plo even had a moment where he's like i don't see i think it was right after that yeah. line like That's he's his like response, i don't I see you as expendable like you're not like i would rather not expendable to me or something like that yeah I, I think he says like i would rather um save you guys than go after the ship kind of thing because he's talking about the one of the clones was mentioning how if i was in command 
I wouldn't bother with this rescue mission. I would try to go after that that ship and stuff, the malevolence and stuff. And he's like, if I was like, I would never do that. Like, you guys are valuable to me. Like, I care about you guys. I wouldn't go after the ship instead of rescuing you. Kind of a deal. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Um, also, Plo Koon is such a cool character. He is cool. Like, yeah. honestly, I like him just as much as I liked Master Die. Yeah. I'm still in mourning, honestly, for Master Die. <laughs> you I'm never getting even... attached to these characters. It's crazy. It's funny how you're so attached to Master Die because you don't even know anything about him and you learn nothing other than that he looks cool. <laughs> honestly, he looks cool and he, he had an honorable death. Yes, that and is that's true. that's just enough to make me want to, to like him. Uh, but I really like Plo Koon. I like, mm -hmm. like his... He seems to have like a really solid, good character. Yes, yes. And he's very like down to earth. Mm -hmm. But he's also like you can tell the way he's like, just his demeanor in this in the whole battle. Yeah, he's he's been through these fights before. And oh, he's yeah. very strong. Like he's very brave. Yeah, he seems but he's very also very like he cares mm -hmm. about mm -hmm. the living people. Yeah, he's got a lot of wisdom so, and everything. I, I really like that character. Yeah, you get to know him better throughout the series. Did you have anything else to to say before I say my things next? Last comment about this. I just liked the establishing moment here at the very end of the episode when uh, basically General Grievous fails at killing all the uh, survivors and stuff. And Dooku is on the ship with them and stuff. And basically Dooku doesn't even say anything. And they all just have that moment like on the ship. All the droids and General Grievous, they have this moment where they realize they failed and stuff because the Jedi got away and like the clones of the Jedi got away. And uh, Dooku just looks down <laughs> at Grievous and all the droids turn around and stuff. And you almost just have this like sense of fear in the room. Like you can just feel the fear in the room, even though they're droids and stuff. Well, General Grievous is like half droid, but you can feel the fear on them towards Dooku and stuff. They're like, oh, crap, we messed up. Is Dooku just going to kill us all kind of a thing and stuff? Yeah. And I just I love that establishing moments of like like well we already know at this point but it just really solidifies how menacing dooku has become but yeah i just i love how how cool that was just to see yeah. like and it's also just like a sad moment too because it's like especially knowing what we know from tales of the jedi yeah i can't see any dooku scene now and not think yeah. of tales of the jedi oh man i'm glad we watched that before we I kind of want to watch Attack of the Clones again, just on my own time. Yeah, just, eh? just to yeah, look at that again from the yeah. perspective of Tales of the Jedi, because it really does change your your look on this guy. Because it's like, man, you've come so far down <laughs> from where you were and stuff to let yourself become like this evil and stuff. It's just, it's yeah. it's crazy. Um, I was also just wanting to mention, so you know they. Ahsoka and Anakin, they find Plo Koon, they find the other clones, they rescue them, they get them on their ship, but then um, the malevolence, like, they, they're, they're noticed, right? So they, like, they have to turn off any kind of signal that they have on their oh, ship. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, they have to turn off all the signals, they turn off R2, mm -hmm. all this. You have two Jedi Master Generals on mm -hmm. the ship. Mm -hmm. You have clones on the ship who've seen battle before mm -hmm. ahsoka i can forgive you but how do you forget to turn off the medical droid I know, dude, I and just leave thought. a signal like that's just like 
that's just like okay, I get it. It's part of the plot to like s- build up suspense. Yeah. But okay, come on. Yeah. Like that's another thing I had to say about this episode. It felt like there was a few times where they just had to needlessly mm-hmm. like up the ante on the suspense. Yeah. Like um, when R two has to work super fast to either repair the har- the hyperdrive or get something. Yes, he has to repair the hyperdrive mm-hmm. as they're trying to like escape because yeah. the malevolence shot out one last ion pulse. Uh huh. Like, it seems like there was so much, like, just, we're just upping the ante on the suspense of this. Oh, yeah. I mean, wasn't it wasn't bad. Like, no, but... it was fine. I had the exact same thought, though. Like, I even wrote it down at where I was just like, um, they forgot about the medical droid. And in my head, I was like, I wasn't sure. And I could, because I couldn't remember. I was like, is this going to be one of those moments where they just, like, the writers forget <laughs> that there's still a droid on? in the ship and it just doesn't even do anything or is this a moment where later on they figured out that oh we forgot to turn that off and it was that Mm -hmm. and stuff so then i was like okay well they did end up figuring it out so i can't be too mad at them but um you're right they really should have caught on to that faster i got two also i got two fun facts for you before i before i on to the ratings the second escape pod was called pod 1977 which is the year of the first original star wars movie release ah fun easter egg and the scene contains dialogue and firing let me read this with a little less mon- with a little less monotone i took it off wikipedia <laughs> this scene containing dialogue and firing sequence for the malevolence is extremely similar similar to and a direct reference of the first death star in star wars a new hope hmm cool that's fun fun fact that is fun yeah <laughs> it's fun and it's a fact that's why they call them stuff. <laughs> fun <All> facts. Right. <laughs> On to the ratings. Unless you had any other fun facts. Uh, nope. All right. Visual effects slash animation. Uh, I actually thought this stepped it up a tiny bit from the average of the episodes. There was just a couple moments where I was like, you know what? That was actually fairly well animated and stuff. So I bumped it up just a tiny little bit from what I usually do. 6.7 for me. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I thought it was just your run of the mill. I gave it a 7 as always. Yeah. Hmm. I will uh, I will avoid my whole spiel this time. <laughs> okay. You already know. Yeah. Uh, acting. I thought acting struggled on this one. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. There, it's mostly Anakin and Ahsoka, if I'm being honest. Like, like, was it cheesy? Was it, like, bad acting? What no, was I it? think it was literally just bad acting. Like, I don't think the... It oh, was, I didn't notice that. It wasn't necessarily the dialogue, like, although there, it wasn't the greatest at moments. But there was just a lot of moments between Ahsoka and Anakin that I thought, man, like, you guys get a lot better <laughs> than you are now. It's not when I know I've made that comment before, but this is just an episode where, unfortunately... There was just a lot of lines for me that was like, man, that really was not delivered do you have very any, well. Do you have any written down, or is it just that there were some lines you remember um, not being great? There was quite a few yeah? lines. Okay. I didn't write them down, but it was a lot of just the conversations when they were actually in the ship together looking around and stuff. Hmm. Um, I just thought, it's like, you know what? Like, it wasn't terrible. You know what? I have noticed that a lot great. of Ahsoka, I've noticed that a lot of Ahsoka and Anakin's dialogue when it's just them two alone mm-hmm. in the ship has been a little cheesy. Yeah. I don't think they have the greatest chemistry yet and stuff. I feel like, like they're trying to force the, like, cheese ball factor. 
Yeah, there's, I mean, there's definitely, the like, here and there, kind of, yeah, I don't know. the cheesy moments and stuff, too. But, yeah, yeah. acting was a 5.9 for me. Oh, wow, we are going to have different scores. I didn't notice any of that. Okay. I just gave it a, an average score, 7.2. Okay. Character development. Um, you know, I didn't pick up on what you were talking about earlier and stuff. So, I already know you having said that me coming from a newbie yeah. place and you more experienced. Uh-huh. I kind of figured our scores would be different on this one. Which is what it's all yeah. about. I mean, that's what makes so, it fun to talk about this. Do you want to share yours first? Do you want me to share mine first? You know, you share yours first. Okay, so, a little preamble. Mm-hmm. Meeting Plo Koon, um, kind of the, just the one line with the clones oh, just yeah. drove it in deep for me. A um, little bit more on the relationship that I already brought, like the relationship between Anakin mm-hmm. and, and Ahsoka, like the learn how to break the rules, don't just like yeah. say it. Um I gave it an 8.3. Whoa. 8.3. Which is like above average. It was good. 8.3 in my books is really good. Um, Man, you know what? It's another one of those moments. Once you start like really talking a lot of this stuff out loud, you realize that some things are better than you thought when you initially watched it. Um, I gave it a 6.4 here, but I'm... Uh, like even some stuff I was kind of thinking about as we were talking, like with Palpatine and Anakin, like that little moment there and stuff that was really good. Completely forgot that this is also kind of the introduction to really get to know Plo Koon, Plo Koon, Plo, Plo Koon, Koon, that guy um, and stuff too, which you did get some development from him for sure. Stuff, nothing major. There's no backstory or anything. You don't understand. But that you much do of, learn his character. He, exactly. You get to know his character. Which is hence the name character development. Um, oh, this deserves so much better of a score than a six point four. Like you know, that, I'm really talking it all out loud. I almost want to bump this way up. Uh, I think I have to. I think I have to because it's yeah. it's just it's not six point four. This is way better than that. Um, I don't know why I gave it that when I was just roughly trying to rate it. I, you know what it was is I was probably just thinking about. Like how we really just get like clones and droids for most of this and none of them were really highlighted too much. But there's just all those really in-between scenes that really are establishing. 6.9. I'm bumping it up. 6.9. Changing it. Sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. All the people there are mad at me for doing that. Boo. I don't even know if there is anybody. John's booing me. No, I agree with your choice. Yeah. Okay. Dialogue. What'd you give it? I almost want to lower, now that you mentioned that, I want to lower my score. So I'm going to lower <laughs> mine as well. I don't like that we do this sometimes. But I I'm know. Gonna I wish we it. didn't change your mind. I'm going to give it a 6.8. Uh, I gave it a 6.2. Yeah? Yeah. I, I thought it was a little bit below average for me, the dialogue with this specific one. Like, there was no lines that really stuck out to me. And stuff in this one, and there was definitely some really cheesy ones too, and stuff. But it wasn't like terrible. It was still like in the six sixes for me. Like it was six point two. It was fine. Um, yeah, six point two for me. Sound design, six point five. Run of the mill. Seven point two. Seven point two. Yeah. The plot. I gave it an eight point four. Whoa, eight point four. Yeah, but that was like. <laughs> I really enjoyed 
how they brought in the characters. Man, you really liked this episode. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Hmm. I enjoyed it too, but, I didn't but quite this isn't one of those areas where the character development really fed into the plot for me. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, I give it a six point four. Yeah. Yeah. You know what, dude? I I'm gonna keep mine, mm-hmm. but I would say you keep yours. I get it's I'm fair. I'm keeping this. I kind of bleed plot and character t- together a lot of times. Also, they all kind of bleed together in a sense, especially like when you're talking about rating like a trilogy of episodes sometimes, because I think some of the other ones are much better than this one. Mm -hmm. But the overall story, like if if all these three episodes were one episode, I would definitely put this closer to like the high seven be a really good episode into an eights for me. I would go high eights. Yeah. Like it's a great story arc. Like I, I really enjoy the story arc. But this specific episode where it's mostly just focusing on them trying to rescue clones and stuff and like looking around uh, debris wasn't all that super interesting to me. Like it was fine. Like it was a, it was a perfectly fine plot, which is why it was a 6.4. Like it wasn't bad. It was very enjoyable, but it wasn't blowing me away. It was kind of a I've seen this done before kind of a plot. So it just didn't get that high of a rating for me. 6.4 for me. All right, now I gotta redo my score again. Me too. From an average. Bear with me for math. All right, what did you give it? I gave it a total score of seven point five, and I gave it a six point four. Wow, that's Which, drastic. Have ours ever been? Have our total scores ever been that different? Um, I think they've been close. We're we're almost a, a full point. Actually, we're yeah. just over a full point difference yeah. here. So, so I'm going to guess the official score will be somewhere about 6.8, 6.9. The official Millennial Falcon Rising Malevolence score is, I did the math wrong. Hold on. <laughs> 6.9. Oh, wait, actually, 6.95, which rounds it off to a 7. Nice. So a 7.0 score for the Millennial Falcon. That seems fair to me. Yeah, that's fair. I, fi- I think that's fine. Yeah. Um, all right. Next episode. Shadow of Malevolence. The Malevolence is shadowed. Yeah, I no. hate that I said that. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I also hate that you said that. Do you want me to read the description? <laughs> yes. Okay. Wait, don't do that. Tom, take it away. Take it away, Tom. A deadly weapon unleashed. The Separatist battleship Malevolence advances unopposed to Republic space, tearing apart any ship that stands on its path. After a daring rescue and narrow escape, Anakin Skywalker prepares a counterattack on the enemy ship and its diabolical droid commander, General Grievous. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, man. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, from the show, it. Tom Kane. Go for okay. that description. <laughs> the official description is, with the help of his Padawan, Ahsoka, and Jedi Master Plo Koon, Anakin utilizes new long-range Y-wing bombers to lead a bold strike on General Grievous's warship, the Malevolence, and its destructive weapon. As General Grievous uses the Malevolence to terrorize medical bases, the Jedi rush to defend Republic space. With the help from his Padawan and Master Plo Koon, Anakin leads a bold strike mission into enemy territory. I think this episode was pretty fun. 
I liked this one. Yeah, this one was was pretty good. I will call this episode Anakin Learns Some Things. <laughs> yeah. Um, definitely. Uh this is a like again, this one I, I feel like you you've seen this done before. It's like the bad guys are flying away, they're trying to catch up with the bad guy, and they take a dangerous shortcut to catch up with them. Like I feel like that type of a plot yeah. I've seen many times. Um, but really enjoyed it. One of the things I think this episode really did a good job of is it establishes how freaking huge some malevolence is. I know we talked about that a little bit already. Yeah. But it's, you really just get a big. good sense of how stinking huge the ship is. The next episode after this, also, I have another comment about something it introduces that really drives home just, like, how stinking massive the ship is. But, again, really cool to just see such a huge ship. This episode had so... This episode was really funny to me. They I had some so too. funny moments. Like, one of the ones that really got me, and it's just... It just is so funny because of... What happens later in the show and so many Star Wars memes ever. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite lines is uh, the when the droids are shooting at the Jedi mm-hmm. or at Anakin's ship. Or they're shooting somebody. One of the droids is like, boy, this is a lot more fun when they aren't shooting back. But yes. I still can't seem to hit anything. <laughs> and I'm like, that is just... Yeah, and then guaranteed somebody's made a meme of that already. Yeah. I love that so much. And then Grievous literally punches the head off of the droid yes. that says that. <laughs> yes. I also noticed that Anakin is kind of stubborn in this oh, one. Yeah. Like he's really he bold. Always is. And he's just like, I have a plan. I'm just I want to like it seemed like he just wants Grievous dead so badly. Mm-hmm. He's willing to lead these clones again with clones. He's willing to like risk their lives. Yeah. Where my genuine question this is just right off the cuff. Would Anakin do the same thing with other Jedi's? Like if it was Mace Windu and 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 Obi Wan flying beside him, would he be as risky with their lives? Oh yeah. yeah, I think so. You think so? Oh yeah, I definitely think so. No, you know what? The more I think about it, I think I would agree with you. Yeah, I feel like because Anakin would. would just like he seems like he has blinders on, mm-hmm. and he and, just wants, and he's just like, okay, you guys can take care of yourself. We're going for it, kind of a thing. Yeah, and here's what I was gonna say, and I botched a take of this before. Um, Grievous, very similar, is so blinded by his own ambition that he willfully puts his own ships at risk. Like, yeah, near the end when they fire the cannon, they're like, one of the doors is like, but our ships are in in the way oh, of this cannon yeah, as well. Yeah. Like, well, whatever, kill him. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Like, yeah. just get it done. The I I liked the details of like the base plot in this one because, like, essentially what's happening here is uh, Dooku. Um, talks to Grievous like on a hologram this time, which I guess he must have left the ship at some point. I don't even think it really shows us that. Um, if it does, it does. I missed it. I thought but, the other ones are holograms as well. Well, in the first episode, he was on the ship with them, and then on, all of a sudden, this episode, he's just a hologram. So he like you just kind I, of assume that he left. I thought it was a hologram the whole time. No, because in the the moment I was just talking about with like uh, Dooku's like looking down at the ship after they failed to. Um, uh, kill all the witnesses and stuff. Dooku was like looking down at them, like you guys failed. Like I could kill you right now, kind of a thing. And yeah, so, genuinely, I thought that was a hologram. No, he know. was in person there. Oh, and now he's a hologram, Weird. Uh, like a, a telephone call hologram thing. I feel like um, I'm right. I don't know, but I feel like I'm right. <laughs> You're not right. I know. Um, not important, but I think I'm right. <laughs> uh, but it it basically like in this plot, Dooku. Uh, talks to Grievous and it's like, hey, there's a medical 
base that we've discovered for the clones. So basically all the clones are going to this medical base and stuff to basically heal up and stuff from the war. Let's go take it out. How freaking evil is that? Like to go and take out like yeah. essentially the hospital, like for the clones. Even Ahsoka says like only only General Grievous would go after poor defenseless clones. Yeah, even though it's Dooku's original plan yeah. and stuff, he's just giving it to Grievous to you know execute. And Grievous is just as evil, mind you, because he's the one like ruthlessly trying to do this. But um, it's just like again, it's another establishing scene of like how far down Dooku has come from his like origins. And stuff of being a Jedi to being like, yeah, let's just kill a whole bunch of people and like the hospital. Like, I feel like it's a general war thing where it's like you don't attack the medical uh, troops and well, stuff. You, you, you don't you don't attack somebody who can't defend himself. Yeah, it's like a it's a, like, it's, it's a, an honorable fight. Exactly. It's like a disgusting thing to like take out the weak and, and things like that. So it's just like, man, Dooku is evil. So Grievous is headed towards the medical base. And basically, there's this massive nebula in between where they are and where the medical base is. So they have to go around and stuff because there's this massive, huge freaking ship. And they're like, okay, we're not going to go through that. We have to go around. So it's going to take us an extra long time. I thought that was because there was a planetary system there and Anakin was using the nebula as a shortcut. No, I think it's the actual nebula. Like the the droid talks about how there was this massive like system kind of a thing in between... Yeah. Uh, that is what the nebula is. Is like. Oh, I thought it was a planetary system. Okay. No, I think... I'm pretty sure they were just talking about the nebula. I mean, that's what is in the way, and that's why Anakin goes through that instead. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought there was a planetary system, and then Anakin just used this nebula as an ex- as a shortcut. Maybe that is the whole thing they're flying through. That makes you know, more sense. Yeah, they're avoiding the nebula. Like, uh, Dooku... Or, sorry. I keep saying Dooku. General Grievous... Get it right! Sorry! ...is avoiding the nebula, and it's massive so they have to go around it but they're going at light speed around this thing like quick comment here they're going at light speed to go around it and then anakin and all of his like y-wing bomber squad are going straight through it at normal speed i feel like going at light speed around this nebula would be way faster than going at normal speed through it Hmm. i don't know why yep that just doesn't make any sense to me it's like if they're traveling this the speed of light. This must be a very large system. Oh, man. It's had to be stinking massive for them it to It would probably have to be really wide there. and really, like, really wide, yeah. but really narrow. Like, uh, that part didn't make any sense to me. But, um, you know, it's for the plot. Plot armor. Uh, but essentially, uh, Anakin and all the, the people and stuff, they get through. Um, and Master Plo's with them as well. Right? So it's Anakin, yep. Master Plo, and Ahsoka. Clones. And the clones. Uh, so they all get through, um, but the, the really cool thing, though, in the middle of this nebula, there's all these giant space manta ray things, yeah. stuff, giant space alien like eel monsters. manta things. I love how Star Wars has all these giant creatures that live in space. I just think it's super cool and stuff. Like, all the way from the original Star Wars, I, I can't remember if it's on A New Hope or if it's on Empire uh, Strikes Back where there's the giant uh, worm that lives in the asteroid. Do you remember which episode that's from? No, I don't know. Right you know what I'm talking about, though, right? Like, uh, the Millennium Falcon uh, basically, like, goes and hides inside of an asteroid, but they end up, like, literally going inside yes. of the, the... I remember this. ...the worm. Um, 
but there's like things like that the giant space worm and now they're going through this nebula Phantom and all Menace these giant the underwater shark thingy yeah well yeah and those lives on planets but i'm talking about things that actually live in space like yeah. in the vacuum of space these giant alien creatures can survive and stuff i just think that's super fascinating oh and stuff. gotcha yeah like how like they're not on some planet they're in space <laughs> like and they uh ahsoka makes a comment about how like there's these giant gas guzzlers so they're basically eating the gas from this nebula and stuff and that's how they survive i guess but i just think it's super cool there's plenty of other instances that we'll eventually get to where there's other giant space alien creatures which it's just a cool thing yeah. i just enjoy that um throughout this episode too anakin repeatedly just like ignores everybody warning him like i like in the beginning, like, are you sure this is a good plan? It seems oh, like yeah. very bold and very risky. Yeah. It's like, oh, no, it'll be good. And then like, are you sure we should go through this nebula? Oh, no, uh -huh. we'll be fine. And then like, Plokun's like, oh, we got to turn around. And he's like, no, we got to go through. Like he's just repeatedly yeah. refusing mm -hmm. to listen to other people's counsel. Yeah. And then finally, they're like, not to skip ahead. I don't know if you had anything. No, there, go but they're, for it. They're like right on course of malevolence. They're attacking it. Mm -hmm. And... Ahsoka makes a comment like, you can get this mission done, but everybody else will die. Yeah. is basically what she's saying. And finally, he's like, no, I'm going to put off my own desire of mm -hmm. wanting this guy dead so much. We should attack the cannon instead. Yeah. And so, like, mm -hmm. finally, in the last second, he seems to, like, yeah. get an understanding of what exactly he's doing yeah. to his men. It's like Anakin's so big-headed. Like, he has such, like, a big ego, almost. Like, he's so cocky. But at the same time, he is that good. <laughs> yeah. Which but, is, again, where I'm saying, like, there's a big similarity with Grievous and Anakin. Mm -hmm. Where, in the end, it proves, like, Anakin learned his lesson. Yeah. And chose to spare his men. But Grievous was just going to shoot this cannon, even though there's his own ships in the way. And I yeah. get it. Their droids is, is yeah. different. But still, it's like, oh, these are people that you're in command of. Mm -hmm. And Grievous is like, I don't care. And he loses half of his men in the process because he was so, like, bold. Anakin? Yeah. Yeah, he loses like two. Half the Y-wings. He uh, loses two, two die, and a few of them are, like, the ships to get destroyed. So. Oh, yeah. This is what we were talking about earlier. They actually do outrun the Ion Cannon. A few of them do anyway and stuff because the Ion Cannon gets blasted at them, all the Y-wings and stuff, and they all start taking off. Some of them do make it over... Yeah. The lip well, of it. Well, in the first one, they got into hyperdrive just in the nick of time. And in yeah. this one, they go over. Yeah. So that was where my original question came from. Was like, why didn't they just fly over it like yeah. they did in this one? But it makes sense, the ship size. Yeah. Yeah. And, and these are fighters. They're not just like... Yeah. The Y-wing bombers are a bit more nimble to be able to do it. Although even some of them don't make it. But um, uh, fun little uh, homage that they did here. When they're about to kind of go for the attack and they're like sounding off, like Shadow Squadron counting down, Shadow One standing by and stuff, like Shadow Two standing by. Yep. It's such a great, like, Red Leader. Yes. Red Leader standing by. Yep. And stuff. It's such a little homage to A New Hope and stuff when they're about to do the trench run. I love how, I love how Star Wars Clone Wars has done that every mm -hmm. once in a while. Yeah. Like even the episode where Ahsoka, or this was the movie where Ahsoka and Anakin finally meet and they're like, this you're gonna take this bucket of bold like I love the oh, like yeah, yeah. call back yeah. to different lines and like mm -hmm. different moments, paying homage. Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah, I love it. The only other the only other thing that I had on my notes here was about Anakin, where in the end, um, um, oh, what was the person's name that runs Camino? 
Oh, the like the al- long-headed yeah. alien guys. Lama um, Sue. Yes. Um, was like, don't take lightly the lives that you've that you saved today. And he's like, I don't take them lightly, but I also can't take lightly the lives that. Oh, I that's lost. not the same guy. Was that not? No. Yeah. No, no, no. That was just some long, hospital lady. Long neck homie. Oh, okay. Well, same alien species, but it was a different oops. person. My mistake. Sorry, I'm not perfect. <laughs> but yes, that was a good yeah. moment. <laughs> but then that immediately was like, maybe my mind is bad, but that immediately was like, oh, so you care right now. What about the younglings, Anakin? What about the younglings? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hasn't never, happened yet. I will never forgive him. But I should. They really make you feel the loss of Matchstick and uh, the other bomber that he hits when he explodes, Tag? though. Yeah. Matchstick and tag. Yeah, that was that was actually like really well done. Like even though you haven't had too many experiences with this character, you just you they're on this big journey to go and attack the malevolence and he doesn't make it and stuff. And they're talking the whole time. I think time. it's because the whole time Anakin is so dead true, like I'm not gonna lose any man, I'm not yeah. I'm gonna get this done. He's yeah. so sure when to finally he loses someone that finally jolts him. Mm-hmm. And they talk about like the importance of even one ship, like even one like Y Wing that we lose will like possibly tick put this mission at risk and stuff and it's all of a sudden like matchstick he doesn't make it he blows up and he hits another ship on the way mm-hmm. down which is just like so sad um but they, they really make you feel that and I, I appreciated that i did make a comment about like at the end of this episode um grievous is basically trying to escape because the ship is essentially getting destroyed um or wait no is that at the end of this one Oh yeah, because they take out yeah uh, they take out so the weapon. The, yeah, they take out the iron cannon, and in doing so, they cause a huge explosion. Yeah. to the ship. Yeah, yeah, we should have said that. <laughs> um, so that's what happens, and Grievous is basically trying to escape, and their hyperdrive's out, so they can't escape because their hyperdrive's out yeah. and stuff. I wrote a comment. I was like, "Man, he's just gonna get away. Why don't the Republic warships just like go after him and finish him off?" And then once Episode Three starts, which we're about to get to. That's exactly what they do. Yep. <laughs> um, but I was like, oh, okay. So it doesn't end here. Um, all right. Any other comments before we get to ratings? Nope. I got all my notes out. All right. Animation. Visual effects. Uh, 6.6. Again, just a hair above average for me. Uh, really enjoyed the visuals in this one. I, I especially just love the nebula scene where they're like flying through the nebula with all the giant space aliens and stuff I already talked about. Uh, visually, I thought that was very appealing. Yeah, I gave it a seven. It was good. It was average for me. Acting, six point two, not great, but good, fine. Six point two. Yeah, I didn't. I gave it a seven point six. It was good. I I like the dialogue, or mm-hmm. I'm not sorry. I like the way they. I didn't have any issues with it. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I I thought there was just again. It was again Ahsoka, but I just thought there was just still some of these Ahsoka lines. As much as I love, I absolutely adore the character of Ahsoka, early Ahsoka, the actress that plays Ahsoka, should probably say her name, um, Ashley Eckstein, she doesn't quite have it down yet. I feel like she's just, I don't know, I feel like a lot of the deliveries aren't fantastic. Um, yeah, you know what? I can see that now. But that, far, I just remember the line of like, only Count Dooku would do something like this. Like that was a mm-hmm. little bit... Yeah, you could have taken another, another one. Another yeah, and it, it, it's not even always, even though there is sometimes the cheesiness. It's not always just that it's cheesy; it's that the delivery of mm-hmm. it. I feel like is not really fantastic. Uh, but six point two, character development. 
I thought the character development was pretty good. Yeah. The stuff in this one. I gave it an 8.4. 8.4. That's really good. You gave the last one 8.4 too, didn't you? I gave the last one 8.3. I gave it a 6.8. Oh. Um, I thought it. I thought it was pretty good, but not quite like super good. I don't know. I I didn't think anything was too much more developed in this one that wasn't already developed in the last episode. I think I gave this one a higher score just because I like to like. I really in like compared Anakin to Grievous in this one. I was as I was watching it today. Like they're both. They're both kind of the opposite ends of a coin. Like, they both really are ambitious, and they both really want to succeed in their mission. But just in the last moment, Anakin kind of, like, realizes, like, oh, my own drive to succeed is going to cause harm to those around me. So he Hmm. kind of backs off. But Grievous, to his own detriment, is too stubborn. Yeah. So I like that aspect. I think that's why I give it a higher rating. Yeah. I mean, it's still, like, higher than, like, perfect average for me, like 6.8. You know, it's fine. Um, dialogue. I thought dialogue was, was, was actually pretty good yeah. in this one. I gave it a 7.6. I gave 7.0. Nice. So dialogue was not too bad. Uh, I think it was mostly just because there's so many moments where I was laughing at, like, yeah, the Yeah, this droids. one was quite funny. And stuff. This one was pretty funny. Um, and, and I wish there was, like, more, like, memorable lines. And I was looking up the, the some of the, trying to look up some of the quotes. And a lot of the droid quotes just didn't get, I, I had trouble finding them. But there's just so many droid lines in this. Like, you mentioned one. Yeah. Um, I thought I had more written down, but I don't see it. But I was just kind of laughing out loud a couple times in this one. It it was pretty good. So 7.0 on the script writing dialogue category. What did you give it again? For? Dialogue? For dialogue, I gave it a 7.6. 7.6. Sound design, slash score, uh, again, just a hair above average for me, 6.8. Really enjoyed it. Plot twist? There is no plot twist. I gave it the same as usual. I gave it a seven. Seven, yeah. Uh, I just thought the immersion in uh, some of these scenes was really good. Like, especially, I really enjoyed the Nebula scene. Uh, They just had some really good, like, environmental sound design going on uh, during some of these moments. And I appreciated that. So, bumped it up just a tiny bit for me. The plot. The main plot. I really enjoyed this story. 7.3 for me. Yeah. I gave it an 8.2. 8.2? Yeah. Nice. My average score, I think, I don't think I changed anything. No, I didn't anyways. 6.8. 7.6. 7. 7.6? We uh, have some very different thoughts on these episodes. We do. <laughs> um, all right. Which I, which I love. I love that we have different thoughts about it. Um, that gives the Millennial Falcon. So I had 6.8 and you had 7.6. 7. 6. Millennial Falcon, Shadow of the Malevolence, average score. It'll be a 7.2. That's on the money. 7.2. Yeah, use my brain. <laughs> 7.2. I did not use a calculator for that. I just used my wow, big brain. Wow, look at this math guy over here. Call me Professor Math. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get to the final episode of this trilogy here. Um, this one, I think, is my favorite of the three. I really enjoyed this one. Yeah, I had I had some mixed feelings, but I liked this one. Destroy malevolence. All right, kick us off, Tom. Grievous in retreat. Before the battleship Malevolence could destroy an Outer Rim clone medical base, 
a Republic Strike Force under the command of Jedi General Anakin Skywalker crippled the warship, disabling its dreaded Ion Cannon. Now the Jedi relentlessly pursue the malevolence. Great job as always, Tom. Thanks, Tom. Ladies and gentlemen, in front of the show, Tom Kane. <laughs> oh my gosh. I wonder if that joke will ever die. Um, no. No? Okay. I won't let it. You won't let it? Nope. Here's the official description of Destroy Malevolence. Padme, Amidala, and C-3PO are taken hostage by General Grievous, leaving Anakin and Obi-Wan to save the Senator and complete the destruction of the Malevolence. Anakin and Obi-Wan chase down the Malevolence, hoping to destroy it before it can escape. But when Padme and C-3PO are captured and held hostage aboard, the Jedi are forced to hatch a new plan. Yeah, so Padme and C-3PO just kind of show up on this one. This is another one where Palpatine is just like working the strings behind the background. Like, okay, well, I lost this ship, but you know what? Mm -hmm. I still got another play. Like, he's just, he's always in the background, always pulling the strings. He's a master puppet. He's a puppet master. Oh, yeah. This one was devious. Like... So essentially, Palpatine is why uh, Padme and C-3PO show up. He gives uh, Palpatine gives Padme some coordinates to go talk to the banking clan, I believe. Like, she thinks she's going. But even the way he says it, he makes it known, like, oh, he discovered this secret message. Like, yeah. he's still leaving, like, oh, I'm just doing what I think is right. Yeah, he like, he's like, he got some, like, intel mm-hmm. from some people that uh, there's this thing going on with the banking clan that she should basically go delegate for. And, like, show up and, like, do some political stuff or whatever, uh, essentially. And shake hands, kiss babies. Do, do what? If it's a political rally, she's there to shake hands and kiss babies. Oh, kiss babies. I was like, what did you say? I thought you said kick babies. Uh, kiss hands and shake babies. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Don't do that. Don't do that. Um, anyway, Padme and C-3PO are given bad coordinates um, from Palpatine, essentially, is what's happening here. But and I guess I understand why Padme wouldn't be suspicious of Palpatine at this point because she probably blames the banking clan because the banking clan have this history of being kind of mm-hmm. like you know scum and stuff in a lot of ways. Um, so she's probably like, oh, they put me into this trap, which is what she does kind of hint at that that's the conclusion she's come to and stuff because basically they just come out of hyperspace right in front of the malevolence. Like, they're just like, oh, and now we got to steer away so we don't hit the thing and stuff. And because um, Palpatine talks to General Grievous, I think, right? And he's like, hey, uh, there's people coming. Like, uh, be sure to capture them and stuff to use them as a bargaining ship to save the malevolence. It's essentially Doesn't what's going talk- on. He talks to Dooku. That's got to du- be what happens. He Dooku, never really talks directly to Grievous. So. And Dooku says that his that his master has made plans for a hostage or something like that yeah 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 that was it that was it um so they use the tractor beam they pull in padme and c-3po and they captured him i have two questions here yeah one at this point does palpatine know that padme and anakin are married oh he probably knows everything so that's very strategic of like oh what's gonna distract anakin this yeah i mean they've kept it a secret right so i don't know if anakin would have disclosed that to Palpatine because they're so buddies and stuff. I don't know. But it, it does kind of imply that they've done a good job of keeping this a secret yeah. because even the senators or the Senate, like, they're not supposed to know. Nobody's supposed to know. This is, like, kind of, like, 
frowned upon. This is not what you're supposed to do. Jedis aren't supposed to get into romantic relationships and stuff like this. I had a second question here, mm-hmm. too. So this is this bugs me. Here's a ship that's been that's on fire. And they say their hyperdrive is broken. They say their forward engines are broken. Their weapons are down. Yeah. Like the so much of the ship is in dis yeah, just it's destruction. Destroyed. Yeah. How how is it that they just have Oh, you know what works? This tractor beam. That's not damaged. (laughs) And then later, inside the thing, there's just a fully functional railway system. Yes. That's just functioning. Yes. I thought this thing was near its deathbed and you're just (laughs) still going. I guess it just shows how big this freaking ship is. Like there's so many sections of this ship and stuff and all like the main parts of the ship, like a lot of the engine stuff, the hyperdrive, like you said, stuff, all that's destroyed. But there's all this stuff inside because the thing's so freaking huge that are even not even affected. Like that was one of the comments I want I was waiting to make is that just really drives in how big the ship is. That the ship has an entire train system inside of it. That's how big this thing is. You need to literally get on a train to get from one part of the ship to the other. Like that is crazy huge. Um, interesting comment too. Like right off the bat that I thought was kind of strange and this is something that keeps happening in the show. Um, and again, it's one of those things that kind of makes you think like, why, or it kind of makes you think, are the Jedi good guys kind of a thing? Because the Jedi are trying to kill Grievous. They're trying to murder him. They're trying to take him out and stuff instead of capturing him. Especially in in a situation like this, where the ship's basically taken out, the threat is gone, they're just finishing the job. And they send these three warships they basically just, okay, let's just explode the ship. Let's just take this thing out completely. Let's just, like, destroy this thing. They may also make mention of, like, oh, the sooner Grievous is dead, the quicker this war is over. Like, yeah. in, this, in the last episode, they said that. Yeah, they made comments about, like, mm-hmm. let's kill Grievous, essentially. And it's like, aren't you guys, like, supposed to be, like, peacekeepers and all this stuff? Well, is he not technically just a droid? To... No, he's he's a he's an uh, organic being. Like, he's, he's part droid, part like creature kind of a thing. I, th- I think he's actually a human. I think he's a human. Don't quote me on that. Can't remember what the actual alien species is. Basically, he's like an alien species that got like mangled up and they like kind of gave him a bunch of augmented parts and stuff. They turned him into a cyborg essentially. Mm. So what's going on there. Because um, he has like an, or in, in Attack of the Clones, we see that he has like a organic heart and eyes and all these things, right? Um but yeah, why aren't they trying to capture him instead of killing him? I had him? that thought too. Yeah, I just thought that was kind of like, uh, you guys are the good guys. You should be trying to capture him instead of kill him. Yeah. Yeah. I also like when Anakin finds a way to dock the ship to get in and save Padme. Um, oh, yeah, the droids. They're like, the droids like, well, no one is crazy. And oh, like, oh, did you hear that sound? That sounds like someone is docking on the ship. But no one is crazy to use an emergency docking mm-hmm. area. And then cut to the next scene, Obi-Wan's like, Anakin, you're crazy. Like, I thought that was just slapstick yeah. a little bit. In that exact moment, though, did you catch the crazy quote here? Like, Anakin's like, uh, Obi-Wan says, Anakin, you're crazy. Spinning is not flying. And then Anakin says, but it's a good trick. That is a uh, Easter egg for Anakin when he is flying in the Naboo space fighter and stuff where he takes the things like, let's try spinning. That's a good trick. 
Oh, when he was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. I totally missed that. Yeah. That's like a great little homage to that, that mm. moment and stuff. It's like, oh my gosh, I had to write it down right away. <laughs> I totally missed that. That's so funny. Yeah. Like I said, I love that Star Wars seems to be really good at that, like, callback. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I just had a, a fun little comment. Apparently, there are firefighter droids, um, but they really suck at their job. because in this in this thing there's uh something that's on fire and all of a sudden like inside the malevolence this is happening uh there's droids that are essentially wearing firefighter uniforms and hats which is silly in and of itself um but they grab hoses to put out a fire and they're tripping and stuff and and things and they're just super clumsy and they're terrible at it It it's like okay they did not program these droids very well to fight, fight fires apparently because they're doing a terrible job I just thought that was funny. I laughed out loud quite a few times in this episode, too. This was a really funny one again. This was pretty funny. I also love... um, So right after... Right after Anakin is reunited with Padme, Mm -hmm. and they have a moment alone together, I just thought it was really funny. Like, hey, we're in the middle of this battle to, like, save you and kill Grievous. You know what's a really good idea right now? Let's just make out. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I'm like, okay, I get it. You love each other. Right now in this moment, you would not be wanting to kiss each other. Like, Mm -hmm. this is a moment where you're trying to to save your own lives. Priorities. Uh, Even before that moment, I have a comment about, like, when uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan are basically heading off to go towards the Malevolence to, like, save Padme. And stuff, uh, Obi Wan just seems to go along with all of Anakin's plans because he's like, it's just like, oh sure, I guess we'll go and I'll, we'll survive. Like, because he's like, what's the plan and, and stuff to Anakin? He's like, uh, I can't remember what he says, but essentially, it's like, well, we'll figure it out, kind of a yeah. deal. And Obi Wan's always just getting dragged into Anakin's reckless plans, being like, well, I guess I'm Obi Wan, so I'll survive, kind of yep. a thing. It's just like, well. I know this is a trap, but let's go do it anyway, kind of a thing. Yeah, that is a thing that always ends up happening. Yeah. I feel like it would be really frustrating to try and lead droids because of how stupid they seem to always be. They're just constantly missing things, constantly being clumsy and falling over and stuff. Again, how are the Separatists so powerful (laughs) (laughs) when their droids are idiots? Mm -hmm. You know, another – okay, a comment about them being idiots – They find the droids are like, you know, they're patrolling and stuff. Padme, of course, is loose on the ship somewhere. She's trying to hide and stuff from all the droids. Well, when the droids actually find her, one of the droids says, Blaster! Their whole objective was to capture her. They didn't want to kill her because she is the bargaining chip. And the droids tried to kill her when that was exactly the opposite of what they were told to do. I had that thought too. Like, why like, are you trying like, to kill why her now? Why are you trying to kill her? It doesn't make any sense. Uh, also, poor C-3PO. He seems to always just get lost and yeah. like, chucked off things and one things of my like favorite that. He survives quotes, somehow. One of my favorite quotes in this episode is from him, actually. Um, yeah. He's stuck on this, like, on the front end of this train mm-hmm. and he's screaming out like somebody stop this contraption the train finally stops obi-wan finally stops the train yeah. or yeah. r2d2 i mean uh-huh. stops the train and then he goes flying into some boxes and he's like well i suppose i did ask for that yes yeah i, I also obi-wan not <laughs> dang it i keep mixing up my name c3p always has those like 
little quips oh, that yeah. oh, I just love. C-3PO is hilarious. Like, one of C-3PO's, like, most repeated lines in Star Wars is, we're doomed. And yep. he says it in this one and stuff when they show up and, like, get tractor beamed and everything and they're in the ship. And so he's like, we're doomed. It's like... <laughs> the, the one I always think of with C-3PO was, oh, dear. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's always said, too. The serendipity of C-3PO and R2 is just always priceless. They're just, yeah, like, they're that's always my favorite Star Wars best friendship. danger and stuff like that. <laughs> Uh, it's awesome. Any episode where C-3PO and, and R2 are in an episode, it's just a good episode. Yeah. Because they're great just together. It's just, it's just so fun. Um, another funny comment here. Grievous just hangs up on Dooku. Like, after all this goes down, yeah. he escapes. Oh, he must be so scared. Dooku's, like, calling him. And he's like, um, he doesn't say a word. Like, Grievous is obviously, well, I'm screwed. I just got to survive now because I've messed up so bad that Dooku's yeah. probably going to kill me. So I'm just going to avoid this call. Like, I, I can't even remember what he, like, goes to do. But essentially, he's just, like, escaping. He's yep. like, I don't want to deal with this. And he hangs up on Dooku. It's like, yeah. oh, snap. So maybe you know, but I don't. So don't tell me if I'm wrong or right. But I don't think Grievous is dead. I think somehow he survived. Oh, I don't think they even imply that he's dead. He just Oh, the ship, away. like, the ship is just dead. Oh, the but ship I think, is dead. Yeah. yeah. The, like, I, I looked carefully. I didn't see anything like an... Like an escape pod or thing, but I feel like somehow he no, escaped. No, he flies off an escape pod. That's when he hangs up on Dooku. Oh, you're right. Okay, yeah. well, just take my whole thing away from me then. I don't even care. <laughs> I thought it was really cool that instead of like, because they're trying to uh, destroy the hyperdrive, mm-hmm. that Anakin is like, you know what? Let's just reboot the Navi computer or like reset the Navi computer just to like oh, yeah. lead them right onto the surface of this moon. Yeah, that was cool. That's cool. Well, because they're like, they're about to activate hyperdrive. He's like, mm-hmm. that's okay. Just let them. Yeah. It's all good. I don't yeah. care. Yeah. It doesn't bother explaining why that's okay, but he's like, don't worry. That You'll bothered me. Like, why is it that you can just like, oh, hey, guys, don't worry. It's cool. Mm-hmm. I reset their navigations. We're fine. Don't be yeah. alarmed. Don't have an anxiety attack. No, he just lets them like, oh, you guys are nervous. I'm not. Yeah. Like, we didn't explain this very well, but uh, essentially the droids end up figuring out that they could fix the hyperdrive. And so it wasn't as badly damaged as they thought. Yeah, it wasn't as badly damaged as they thought, and they're going to basically fix it and take off. Um, And, uh, or you know what? He wasn't on, uh, Grievous wasn't on an escape pod. He was on one of the fighter jets because he was out trying to take out um, uh, the rest of the, uh, what do you call it? There's basically all the medical transports were leaving and stuff, and Grievous sends out all those fighter ships to try to take him out and stuff because he doesn't want anybody escaping. He was in one of those fighter ships, and that's what he ends up leaving. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Well, then I would hate for that phone call later. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But anyway, the droids end up fixing the hyperdrive, but Anakin gets there and, you know, changes the nav computer and stuff like you said. Yeah, this episode's pretty... Like, yeah. simple. Uh, I actually thought that the whole scene with the trains and stuff, like, because basically in the middle of the ship, there's all these trains that go everywhere and stuff. And it's uh, Obi-Wan, Anakin, C-3PO, R2, and Padme and stuff are essentially all in this area and stuff. And this scene was very, it reminded me at least of the Attack of the Clones factory yeah, scene. Yeah, I thought the same thing. Yeah, very much like this Attack of the Clones factory scene. And stuff. They're just like, there's ledges all over the place and they're falling from platform to platform, going all over the place. Oh, yeah. And Grievous is there too, trying to lightsaber the crap out of them and, 
and stuff mm-hmm. and fighting. Um, but I thought the scene was just very, very reminiscent of, of that moment. Mm-hmm. I don't really have any other thoughts yeah. on this one. I like that they like, I think it was definitely intentional that they, that, that, that was like what you would think. Cause it's like mm-hmm. first time Padme, Obi-Wan and, um, Anakin and Grievous are all like, yeah. In the same episode again. So, yeah. but yeah, other than that, I'm, I'm good to go into ratings. All right, let's get into the ratings. Visual effects animation. I gave it a seven. Seven? 6.7 for me. Again, just a hair above average. Yeah. Um, acting. I thought the acting was probably the best out of the three in this one, but still not like fantastic or anything. I just thought it was fine. 6.5 for me. Yeah. I gave it a 7.5 for those exact reasons. Yeah. Character development. Um, I thought it was quite good. 6.8. Um, like it, it was, it was perfectly fine. Um, again, just some establishing moments and stuff. I thought, uh, Grievous, you know, gets a little bit more, um, I mean, you just get a little bit more from him, I suppose. I guess nothing was really developed necessarily. With I him, actually but... gave this quite a low score for, yeah. Yeah. I thought it wasn't like super, a lot going on here, but 6.8. I gave it a 6.7. 6.7. Wow. I actually had higher than you. Yep. Um, I can't remember why I gave it as high as I did now that I'm looking at it. I mean, not that 6.8 is that high, but I feel like there was a couple scenes. Oh, you know what? I think it was um, the Padme Anakin stuff mm. again was good to see and, and just the relationship uh, between Padme, um, like her motives and things like she is trying to go and do some more delegation towards the banking clan and stuff. And, and just like you get to see how Palpatine is kind of intertwined and all that stuff. I just thought they really did a good job developing that whole interwoven connection and stuff there. So that's what brought that up a tiny bit for me. So 6.8. Yeah. Dialogue was great in this one. I thought the dialogue was really good. So many funny lines and stuff. Like we already talked about some of the quotes in this one. Um, I thought they did a really good job. I laughed the most on this episode for sure. Um, so many droid moments that I was just laughing at. But 7.7 for me. Yeah. Yeah. I gave it an 8.0. 8.0, yeah. I think For we're a lot, well we're a lot closer in yeah. this one. Uh, sound design, perfectly average, 6.5. 7. Story, plot, really enjoyed it, 6.7, or sorry, no. 7.6 for me in the um, sevens. I enjoyed it. It wasn't bad, but mm-hmm. it was felt like a very average like plot. Yeah. So I gave it a 7.3. Hmm. Yeah, this one was my favorite, I think. Uh, 7.6. All right. So that gives my average score as a perfect seven. Mine is a 7.4. Our combined score will be 7.2. I think you are right because that is math. 7.2 is the Destroy Malevolence Millennial Falcon score. All right. That is a Millennial Falcon review episode of the star wars rewatch in the books yeah so join us next week as we cover episode five rookies so this will be a one-off i'm pretty sure this doesn't go with the ones after it's kind of just a a single episode but from memory if this is the episode i'm thinking it is this is a really good one i haven't watched it yet um but i i do remember really enjoying this episode if it's the one i'm thinking it is Follow us on Instagram at the Millennial Falcon Podcast. And we'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye.
Pew, 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 pew. Don't include that. You're going to include that. 